We learned a couple of Mishnahs ago that if somebody buys something with Maishashini money, which he is totally not allowed to buy, for example, salt or water, then the Maishashini status is not transferred from the money onto the food, so the whole sale doesn't really work, and the seller is supposed to return the money to the buyer, and the buyers are supposed to return the food back to the seller. The focus of our Mishnah is what happens if the seller is no longer there. Either he ran away, or he's dead, or he's no longer available. What should be done? Because you don't have the Maishashini money anymore, and the food does not have Maishashini status. So what other solution is there? Says the Mishnah, in One is not allowed to buy slaves, or maidservants, or land of a Hema or a non-kosher animal, from money of Maishashini. Because as we have seen a couple of times already, you can only buy food which grew from the ground, and that you can eat from Maishashini money. Now what happens to Imlokach if he did buy these things with Maishashini money and he has not got the option of undoing the sale with the seller? What he should do is Yechal Kenegdon, he should eat that same amount, meaning he needs to spend his own money on buying the same amount of permitted food, food which can be bought with Maishashini money. So if, for example, it costs him a hundred zuz to buy some non-kosher meat, he now needs to spend a hundred zuz of his own money and buy permitted produce which can be bought from Maishashini money. Next, in Mavin Kinezovim, one may not bring birds which a Zov has to bring as a carbon. A Zov is somebody who becomes Tome as a result of certain bodily processes. The Kinezovis and the Carbonus, the bird Carbonus of a Zova, a female Zov who again is Tome as a result of certain processes going on in her body. The Kineyoldois, the bird Carbonus of one who gives birth. Chatois, a carbon chatos, which is bought when one does an Avera. Vashomois, another type of carbon bought for different types of Averas. All these carbonus are considered kodshe kodshim, which is a higher level carbon, which the one who brings the carbon does not eat the meat. Either the karnim eat the meat, or nobody eats the meat because the entire carbon is burnt up on the Mizbeach. But the point is, the owner, the one who brings the carbon, is not the one who eats it. And because of that, you cannot buy these things, and you cannot bring these carbonus, midmei sesheni from Maishashini money, because the Torah requires that you yourself eat from your Maishashini. Another reason given for this is because a carbon which one has to bring is considered a type of debt. He owes this carbon. Now it's forbidden to use holy Maishashini money in order to pay off a debt. So because of that, it's forbidden to use the Maishashini money for obligatory carbonus. Now as we have learned, it's ideal to use it for carbonus which are voluntary, such as carbonus shalomim, but be it as it may, the Mishnah says that if he does bring Karbonus, which he has to bring using Maishashini money, since that is a forbidden use for him, heavy. If he did bring this Karbonus, then Yochal Kenegdom, he needs to eat that same amount, meaning he needs to spend the same amount of money on food which can be bought with Maishashini money, and eat that, and also I didn't mention this in the first case, but when he does this, he needs to treat that food as Maishashini. So he needs to eat it in a state of purity, he needs to eat it in Yerushalayim, just like regular Maishashini. And the Mishnah ends off with a rule, Zaklo, this is a rule, Any usage of Maishashini money, which is outside of eating, drinking, or rubbing on one's body, if that is bought with Maishashini money, so meaning unless you buy food, drink, or oil to rub on your body, then you will need to eat that amount which you spent on the thing which was forbidden to buy with Maishashini money, as we have explained. Now this Mishnah actually leads us on to the next Perek perfectly because Perek based Mishnah Aleph tells us that Maishashini Niton. Maishashini is given and the purpose of Maishashini is specifically either La'achila, 
for eating. So you can use my sashimi money to buy food. Malishsia and drinking, because drinking is considered the same as eating. So since the Torah says that you can eat my sashimi, you can also drink it. And thirdly, Olasicha, for rubbing on one's body. It's learned from Al-Basukim that rubbing liquids on one's body is like consuming it by drinking. So since you're allowed to drink my sashimi, you are also allowed to rub it on your body as long as The thing which you are eating is a normal thing to eat. And it's telling us a stringency and a leniency. The stringency being that you're not allowed to buy food which is not properly edible. And the leniency being that if you do buy something which is edible, and then it goes moldy, for example, and it stops being fit for eating, so you would not need to eat that, even though in general you're not allowed to waste my sashimi. And on the same note, you can also only use my sashimi to rub on your body if it's a substance which you would regularly rub on your body. And this in general only applies to oil, because that is what was used to rub on one's body, but most other substances would not come under that category. And so the Mishnah tells us that you are not allowed to rub wine or vinegar on your body, since these are regularly consumed by eating or by adding to food, but not on rubbing on your body, however, but he could rub oil on one's body, since that is a regular use of oil. The Mishnah is now going to discuss the prohibition to waste my sashini, and one implication of that is in refatmin shemen shal my sashini. One is not allowed to add spices to my sashini oil, the reason being that the spices would absorb the oil, and then the spices were not actually consumed. They would be thrown away. And since they absorb my sashini oil, you'll also be throwing away my sashini oil. So you'd be wasting the Maishashini, which is forbidden. And one is also not allowed to buy with Maishashini money this spiced-up oil. And the reason for this is fascinating. This type of oil was considered a big delicacy, such that very few people would actually have this oil. And because of that, it was very expensive. And so to spend Maishashini money on something which so few people have, and something which is so expensive, is considered a waste of Maishashini money. And so it's forbidden to buy that spiced up oil for that reason. On the other hand, says the Mishnah, one is allowed to add spices to wine because those spices were consumed with the wine and did not go to waste and therefore you would not be wasting my sashini. Now the halach is that if my sashini gets mixed with chulin, chulin refers to unsanctified produce, which is permitted for anybody to eat anywhere. So if my sashini is mixed with chulin and he's not sure which part of the mixture is my sashini and which part is chulin. So either you can just treat it all as my sashini, so eat it all in Yerushalayim, make sure he eats it in purity, or he could simply redeem the my sashini part of it, because, because he knows how much of it is my sashini, he's just not sure how, where it is in the mixture. So he can say, that amount I am now redeeming onto other produce, and then the whole mixture will be treated as chulin, and the other produce would now be the my sashini. But what happens if nofal asoycho devash v'savlin, if honey and spices, which are chulin, fall into it, and it is referring to the previous case of the, sp- of the wine, so you've got chulin spices and honey, which fall into this wine, the hishbichu, and it increased the value of the wine by more than the value of the honey and spices. So what do we mean? So let's explain by way of an example. Imagine the wine was worth two zuz, and the spices and honey which fell in were worth one zuz. However, by adding those into the wine, the quality of the wine and the value of the wine goes up by two zuz. So now it's worth four zuz, even though you only added one zuz to the two zuz. So two zuz plus one zuz in this case equals four zuz. So if he wants to redeem the Maishashini part of it, he needs to know the value of it. So how do we calculate the value? The answer is, 
the increase in the value is according to its calculation, to its proportion. And what that means is, you know that two thirds of this mixture, or two thirds of the mixture's value, was the value of the wine. Because there was two zuz of wine to begin with, and one zuz of chulin spices and honey. So two thirds of the mixture is maiseshani wine. So now you've got to work out two thirds of the four zuz, which is the value of this mixture now, because the wine has also increased in value, and that is how much the other produce has to be worth, and you'll redeem that maiseshani onto that produce, and then this whole wine mixture will be considered chulin. On a similar note, dogim shenis bashlum hakafloitish al maiseshani. Chulin fish which was cooked together with maiseshani leeks and the hishbichu, they increased in value such that the total value was more than the value of the fish plus the value of the leeks put together. So once again, the increase in value is calculated according to its proportion. And again, that means that you work out how much, what proportion of the original values was the maiseshani. So let's say two thirds. And then you calculate two thirds of the final value. Okay, now the Mishnah brings a slightly different case, where the halacha is slightly different, and that is Isoshal Maiseshani Vatshafa'a. Maiseshani dough which someone baked, and in order to bake it, he used chulin wood. He set fire to chulin wood in order to cook the dough, and of course, Vihishbicha, the value of the dough increased because the value of bread is obviously worth more than the dough which made it. So, in a way, this is similar to the previous cases, that because of the chulin, the Maiseshani's value increased. However, says the Mishnah, in this case, Hashvach Lasheni, the entire increase in value is considered to be Maiseshani. So if you imagine the dough was worth three zuz before it was baked, and once it was baked it was worth five zuz, the entire five zuz are considered to be Maiseshani, even though it was assisted by the chulin. And the reason for this is summed up by the rule, Zahaklol, this is the rule, Kol Nikar, any time where the thing which increased its value is still recognized in that mixture, so, for example, in the case where the spices were added to the wine, the chulin spices are now part of the wine. They're a recognizable part of the wine. And therefore, we consider part of the mixture to be chulin. And we calculate it, we calculate it according to the original proportions of what was maiseshani and what was chulin. However, any time where the thing, the chulin which increased the value, is not increased, it's not recognizable. For example, where the wood was chulin, but that's clearly not a part of the bread. So in that case, the entire increase in value is still considered to be Maiseshani, since the chulin wood is not a part of the bread. Mishnah base. At the beginning of the previous Mishnah, we learnt that Maiseshani can be used for eating, drinking, and rubbing on one's body, as long as that's the regular use of that particular food or drink. However, we're about to see that Rabbi Shimon argues with one of those points. Because Rabbi Shimon, Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, Ein sochin shemen shal one is not allowed to rub oil of Maiseshani on one's body in Yerushalayim because Maiseshani can only be eaten or drunk. That's what the Torah says, that Maiseshani is eaten. So it's enough to say that drinking is like eating, but to extend that to rubbing on one's body, says Rabbi Shimon, that we cannot do, and therefore rubbing on one's body is not a permitted use of Maiseshani oil, or of any Maiseshani. Now, of course, as we saw in the previous Mishnah, the Chachom do allow it. Now, the Chachom learn out of Pesukim their opinion, but they're now going to prove their opinion to Rabbi Shimon using a logical Kavachaymer. Om Rulu Rabbi Shimon, the Chachom said to Rabbi Shimon, If we are lenient with regards to Truma, which is strict, and the reason why Truma is considered strict is because Truma can only be eaten by Kohanim, and the Halach is that Truma can be used for rubbing on one's body. 
Again, as long as it's the regular use, so if it's oil, for example, that is a permitted use of truma. So surely all the more so, lo should we not be lenient with maishasheni, which is considered more lenient in general, because anybody is allowed to eat maishasheni, even non-koanim. So since maishasheni is in general more lenient, that means that certainly you'd be able to, to rub maishasheni on one's body. So in short, the Chachom's argument is that if this is permitted with truma, which is strict, all the more so it should be permitted with Maishasheni, which is less strict. Now, Rabbi Shimon says, not so fast, that's not necessarily true, because there are some instances where Maishasheni is considered more strict than Truma. So you can't start telling me that if this is allowed by Truma, then automatically it's allowed by Maishasheni, because we do see that there are cases where we are more lenient with Truma than Maishasheni, where something is allowed by Truma, and it is not allowed by Maishasheni. So therefore, your entire argument doesn't work. Omar Lohem, Rabbi Shimon, replied to the Chachomim, Ma loy. That which you just said is not true. Why not? Because in Hegel if we're lenient with Truma, which is so-called strict, yet that's a place in the cases of Karshinim and Tilton, which are two vegetables which we'll talk about in the next capital of Mishnayis, but we'll see in the next capital of Mishnayis that we are lenient in those two cases with regards to Truma, so again, if we're lenient with truma, where there are anyway other leniencies of truma, does that mean that automatically nakal b'maisasheni akal? We should be lenient with maisasheni, which you just called lenient. Yet makom shaloyehikel b'kashinim v'atilton. Maisasheni is something which we are not lenient with when it comes to kashinim and tilton. So again, what that means is that there are two cases, which we'll elaborate on in the next couple of mishnayos, that maisasheni is clearly more stringent than truma. And because of that, you cannot make a kalvachimer from Truma onto Maisasheni.